It's the Sean Pittman Show, where we talk about politics, sports, entertainment, and business. Here's your host, Sean Pittman. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the Sean Pittman Show. Please text someone, call someone, let them know that the Sean Pittman Show is about to start right after this. Listening to the Sean Pittman Show. Welcome back to the show. We're so glad to have y'all with us. And wow, last week, what a huge show with uh, Dapo Sweeney being with us. And I got to tell you, with the first week of football behind us, the kickoff games uh, going on yesterday, what a fantastic day it was. And I'm fairly sure that he was checking out that that Florida Miami game. I got to he didn't know, but I'm fairly sure he was. So this week, to all our listeners, uh, uh, if you're outside of the Leon County area, you're in South Georgia, wherever, we ask you to indulge us a little bit uh, because we're going to go local uh, and we have to. And if you've been paying attention anywhere in this region, you know that Leon County schools had a bang of a, a, a opening a week last week. And we brought in the superintendent, uh, Superintendent Rocky Hanna is joining us today this morning. And uh, what a busy time it is for him as school gets ramped up. Uh, the school district has uh, made headlines this week uh, over a busing issue. So I want to start right there, Mr. Superintendent. Thank you for being here. What happened? Well, uh, first, you said a bang of a week, unfortunately, not the bang that that uh, I was hoping for. Um, man, I'm sorry I missed out on, on Coach Sweeney. Believe it or not, uh, his brother and I, his older brother and I, played college football together years ago. And I remember Dabo when he was a young boy growing up in Birmingham, Alabama, in Pelham, Alabama. He's Pelham, come, Alabama. He's come That's a long right. way since yeah. those days. Man, but, what a long way for him, huh? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, Sean, un- unfortunately, we had uh, some failures in our transportation department, our busing and routing system. I uh, was very disappointed. I, I took ownership. I apologized to the community. And now we are 100% focused on uh, getting those problems resolved, getting things corrected, and getting our kids to school on time and delivered home on time. We have had a system in Leon County called AS400, which is a very antiquated bus routing system for the last three decades. There's not a map that's laid over top of it to help us with uh, guidance with uh, establishing bus stops and the best ways to get to bus stops. Right now, our transportation department budget is about $13.2 million, but we only receive about $4.7 million from the state in transportation funds. So we operate at about a $9 million deficit in transportation. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, let's back up there because that's that's huge. So when you when you think about transportation and you think about other districts, whether they're South Florida or otherwise, uh, is there more subsidy for from the state for other districts? I mean, are we behind? Well, it's all based it's based on ridership, and those numbers haven't increased from the legislature okay. in a okay. number of years. So we receive three hundred and sixty dollars for uh, a kid like Rocky um, for the, and we have about ten thousand of those. So that's about three point six million, and then we receive fourteen hundred dollars for kids with uh, special needs, kids that are in wheelchairs or require a one-on-one assistant. But at the end of the day, it only comes up to about 4.7. So that department in itself was in the red and and really just drawn in the dirt when it came to adjusting stops and routes. Um, we were not efficient at all. We, uh, we meaning Leon County Schools, back in 2008, partnered with a company called Edulog. It was about a $360,000 investment. 
um, and part of their platform or program was to overlay a map on Leon County to help provide guidance as to where to establish stops and then to give buses directions on the best way to get there. Back in 2008, I think our folks were somewhat reluctant to fully engage uh, with that company, and we just we didn't do anything. We got GPS on our buses so we could monitor our buses, which was important. But for the most part, we weren't taking advantage of what that company had to offer and really what we, what we paid for. Over the course of the next 10 years, uh, we have been paying this company about forty dollars to $50,000 a year for maintenance fees for, to maintain the GPS systems and the tracking systems. So about a year and a half ago, we made a change in transportation, and uh, Manny Joannis came to me and said, look, why don't we engage with Edulog to fully uh, implement what they, they say their program can give us, and that's a more efficient uh, delivery of our students to reduce costs, to reduce the number of drivers we, we have and the number of routes we need, because we have a lot of attrition with our drivers. We were not going to let put anybody on the streets or let anybody go. Right, right. But just through attrition, we wouldn't have to rehire those positions. And with this area of student safety right now, we pull up to a stop, we open the door, kids get on, we take them to school. In the afternoons, we pull up to a stop, we open the doors, kids get off. We go to the next stop. We have no idea who those kids are. There's no way to track them. Part of Edgelaw's proposal was that we could track kids. We, you could figure out how we to could track figure them. out how right. to track them. That sounds like an attractive um, it was. tool, yeah. and especially being the kind of superintendent you are, former principal. Uh, I mean, you understand all the inner workings and bus system. You know, it's another important part. Let me ask you this because I I, I know a lot of parents are listening and paying attention to this and. And, you know, it always looks like it's a bigger problem because you never even want one kid to get uh, in a difficult situation. Uh, But for the for the most part, it worked. But in your attempt to make the system more efficient, it just something happened yeah, and it didn't well, work. Can well, you tell the parents yeah. so that they can understand sort of so to what put things that in was? Con- yeah, put things in context, Sean. We have uh, 32,000 students in our school system. Uh, 10,000 of them, approximately 10,000 ride the bus, but about 22,000 don't ride the bus. Um, we weren't aware of these problems until basically the day before school started. On Tuesday prior to school starting, they had a systems failure. Edgelog had a systems failure. And someone at their corporate headquarters in Montana deleted the backup file. Well, we whoa, weren't made whoa. aware. Yeah, <laughs> wow. Right. Yeah. Well, they assured us that with the information they had, they could rebuild uh, what they had been working on the last year and a half. And we may have a couple of speed bumps and a couple of glitches, but all in all, we would get through Monday okay. On Saturday, I went to one of our compounds because we distributed the routes to drivers. And on Saturday afternoon, I actually read a, a road, a route with one of our drivers, a former student of mine from Godby High School. And this was before that Monday. Yeah, it was Saturday, Saturday before the first Saturday day of school. Evening before the first day of school. Okay. And in riding that route uh, with her, uh, I, re- I realized that we, that we were going to have some issues and problems. So on Sunday, I uh, had a meeting uh, with my team and. Uh, we uh, were making a decision whether or not to have school, not to have school, to push school back. And again, the Edgelog folks said uh, it's not as bad, you know, as it looks. In our professional opinion, you, just, you know, still have school. You have two thirds of your students who don't ride buses, so let's power through. Uh, well, on Monday they they drove us off a cliff. It was it was uh, it was bad, and uh, we had some bus drivers who who had one stop on a route. Others had 28 stops on a route. 
a couple of buses drove from the compound to the school with no stops, and our buses were riding all over the county. So I got with I went with Edge Log in that the middle of the week. That must have that must have been driving you crazy. Well, that, that, I, just, no pun intended by saying driving, but Monday after because you got to think about more than I mean you got to think about the whole system. You got to think about the drivers and what they're going through, the kids and what they're going through, the parents and what they're going through. I mean everybody, you got to think about it. So Monday must have been, and I'm just trying. I want the the listeners to sort of understand what you. As a, the leader, because when you took responsibility, I mean, you were like, hey, the buck stops with me. I'm not pointing any fingers here, but you did take the advice of people who uh, are experts in this yeah. and you you have to be able to do that. But what I see now is a leader tackling the problem, just really tackling the problem. When can the students and families expect things to be to, to run smoothly or back to normal? So we did a lot of work over the over last weekend to go return to our old routing system. And it, it may sound easy, but it really it wasn't a lot of work with drivers and route supervisors and managers to pull this off. I uh, met with each compound. I met with all the drivers. I told them how much I appreciated their professionalism during adversity, uh, but I needed their support. I needed their help, and and they're all in. They are true professionals. And yesterday morning was a was a new first day of school for us, but much much better than last Monday. And today uh, we were a little better than yesterday. And I, I I feel confident by the end of the week, Sean will be business as usual. Um, but it, it was a, it was a lot of work, and that's just. Uh, speaks to the to the professionalism of our drivers but having said that we've also come to realize that that we need drivers so if you're out there and uh, you're interested in driving a bus for leon county schools we're running an ad right now as i speak um, i've increased the pay for bus drivers over the last three years about three dollars an hour to make us competitive with star metro and and others uh, so if you are interested in looking for a career change or something to do uh, we were, we're looking for drivers and would encourage you to apply. Well, if you're just tuning in, uh, thank you for tuning in to the Sean Pittman Show. But we today have the superintendent of schools in Leon County, Rocky Hanna, uh, on the show today. And we appreciate Rocky stopping in because we know these last couple of weeks of school have been uh, one week tumultuous. The other week, uh, I think probably a growth opportunity for, for you and the school board. Um, now, the system that you talked about introduced and designed to help make bus routes more efficient. So are there current inefficiencies that still need to be addressed? I, I know you talked about the technology uh, in the package being that we weren't using as much uh, of it as we should. Are we going to do that now or, or you or, or or did you make a decision um, to not work with this company any longer? We've made the decision not to work with the company. Uh, they told me last the middle of last week that they could maybe could get us uh, back to some sense of normalcy, normalcy the week after next. I told them I did not have a I didn't have time. I had to get, wow. get us wow. back on track by yesterday, by by Monday. And uh, so we we. Uh, put the system in a drawer and we're just going to shut it we went back to our old way of work although very you know outdated and antiquated uh it, it works uh, unfortunately it's it's a lot of manpower because you have to insert uh, manually insert routes you have to look at a map uh on the on the one screen of a county and then figure out where it fits on a route i mean it's just labor intensive but uh, i felt like i could not wait another week and a half to them I didn't see the sense of urgency 
But trust me, if you were in that room uh, that we set up for a call center on Monday afternoon listening to the radio chatter for coming from the compounds, it was it was one of the longest days of my life. And I, you know, I committed to this community to make a difference while I was superintendent. And I uh, took responsibility, like you said, Sean, and uh, apologized and now have taken an immediate corrective action. Uh, hopefully this won't be my legacy. I think we've done a lot of good work over the course of the last three years get our employees raises and do what I'd said about pushing resources and money down to our schools. I'm very, I'm very proud of my record. Unfortunately, this will become a part of it, but uh, I own it and we're going to make it right. We're going to, we're not, I'm going to make mistakes again in the future, but I'll never make this one again. I can assure you that. Well, Rocky, I, I, uh, I got to tell you that I see a lot of people who run for office and, and whether they call, whether they call themselves politicians or public service um, people or, Whatever they call themselves, one thing we don't see very often is what you did, and that is to stand up, take responsibility. Not only that, to make some quick and decisive decisions to get rid of the company because they weren't willing to move fast enough. Because they, they don't live here. No. They're, they're, they don't have kids in this school system, so they're not feeling that. But you understood that. So getting rid of them, and then you made a decision with the, uh, an employee that, that probably should have been the person you could rely on. And that's also something that folks who run for office, they're not quick to make decisions, but the people want to see you take action because they want to see that you feel what they feel. And you told us a little bit about what was going through your mind you know, as this was going on when you're in the call center, when you're at the press conference, the kind of things you were thinking about. And there seems to be a theme there. You're thinking about the betterment of this school system and the kids and the parents and what they're going through. I know that as you just spoke, that you're, you're thinking about, is this going to be your legacy? I know that's not um, the first thing on your mind. I know what's really on your mind is, is, is how we get this back working. But speaking of your legacy, and this year is just getting started, let's get beyond that and tell us before all this happened, what did you most want to accomplish this school year? And, and don't get me wrong, there. Look, even th- back to last week, there's teaching and learning going on in all of our schools. Absolutely, you know, I've been focused on transportation, but the kids have been getting to school, they've been learning, they're you know they're getting fed, they're doing you know all the other pieces and parts of, of our school system are, are up and running at 100% and at the level at the level we, we expect. I'm excited about this year. We have some new initiatives, uh, one with our pre-K programs, pre-K all day, to offer parents and families who otherwise could not afford uh, to lead their child uh, in our schools, getting into education. Uh, we're going to pick up the, the, the pieces for them and offer them pre-K all day at our Title I schools, uh, along with, trans- with transportation to and from school. I'm very excited about the the capital improvement projects we have going on at both Rickards High School and Fairview Middle School. If you have not been by those schools lately, I strongly encourage you to to stop by. Uh, We are completely transforming both of those campuses. Uh, Unfortunately, they they went without for a long time. And and that part of our community received uh, empty promise after empty promise after empty promise. And now we're putting our money where our mouth is. We have uh, $55 million invested at Rickards and Fairview. Wow. By the time we step away. That's significant. By the time we step away in the summer of 2021, uh, those Raiders and those Falcons are going to be very, very proud of, of their of their schools. <laughs> well, 
Well, you gave them a, a, you're not you're giving them more than uh, 55 million in 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 uh, their future. You you just gave them a great shout out. I'm sure there's some out there just like well, yeah, and, and, you know, and, and, and well, I'll tell you this: an enrollment at Rickards is at a 10 year high. Wow, it's, wow! It's just because of you know you want to feel good about your home and your place. We got the fields back over there. We have the a brand new state of the art classroom building that we opened this fall. We're going to open a second uh, building next year and then demolish the remaining uh, four buildings and have a beautiful courtyard. I mean. And and the and if they say if you build it they will come well you can talk to Doug Cook I think enrollment is over sixteen hundred where in years past it had been uh, eleven to twelve hundred students but I'm proud of that I'm proud of the work we've done at Fairview uh, as well that's a school with uh, just under a thousand kids and um, like I said the, the, those schools did without while other schools uh, in the northern part of our community benefited from a lot of these uh, projects where those schools didn't but we're making that right and we're taking uh, the steps to make those schools. Look on the south side. Look just like our schools on the north side. Well, that's music to our our ears here on the Sean Pittman Show. And Superintendent, we're gonna uh, let you get the final word here because um, I know there are people who are sitting outside church right now because this issue has been at the forefront of, of their world. But as those parents are sitting there, um, tell tell them what they can what what they can expect from this superintendent. As we move forward, well, first and foremost, my number one responsibility is to is to keep your children safe, um, and I will do whatever we need. And you can't put a, a price tag on a child' safety or getting hurt. Um, but aside from that, we are uh, going to do everything we can to ever educate every child to close that achievement gap, to look at our pre K programs, to commit resources to our youngest of kids. Uh, well, we're we're getting them ready for that third grade test because we know that children who are not successful on the third grade uh, reading assessment uh, are, are more uh, likely not to graduate from high school and face difficulties the rest of their life. So we are zoned in and focused in on those youngest youngest of our students. But all in all, I'm, you know, I'm a product of our public schools. My wife's been teaching 25 years. I love this community, um, and I will do everything I possibly can to make our school system a better place than, the, than the, uh, when I took office. Well, there you have it. Rocky Hannah fighting for us every day. Rocky, thanks for coming to the show. Under, under and under these circumstances, uh, uh, I really appreciate it because I know how busy you are right now. But I'd love for you to come back when this is behind you, and then let's spend the better part of the interview talking about what we what we can expect, uh, uh, how we can expect this system to grow and uh, continue to compete across the country. If you're listening to Sean Pittman show, you've been listening to Rocky Hanna, our superintendent. Please don't go anywhere. We'll come back with the Pittman point right after this. You're listening to the Sean Pittman show. It's time for Pittman's point. Welcome back to the Sean Pittman show. And I want to thank superintendent Rocky Hanna for joining us this morning and really shedding some light on an unfortunate situation happening in our schools. Uh, but one I think will help us improve the school system moving forward. I think we got the right guy in the job to get that done. Now it's time for the Pittman point. Well, listen, we're going to go back a little bit. In August 1619, huge ships holding cargo of African slaves arrived on the shores of America and fundamentally 
truly changed this nation and the entire world forever. Recently, in recognition of the 400 years since slavery began in this country, the New York Times published a, a series of works that takes a deep dive into the historical, cultural, social, and economic impacts that slavery had uh, on this nation and on our people. Now, I'm not going to restate what the New York Times published, but I encourage all of us to do some research and simply read the essays. As we continue to grapple with issues of race still today in 2019 in this country, the ghosts of our troubled past cannot be and will not be forgotten. This series of essays explores and brings to light the fact that slavery and the sins of our past shaped this nation and all the things that we enjoy because of the blood, sweat, and tears of slaves. And through the issues like intergenerational poverty, it will continue to shape our future. So the Pittman Point today is on the 400th anniversary of the most brutal and dehumanizing time in American history. Let's study up, understand why things are the way they are, and use that understanding to ensure that things get better for you and your neighbors. If we don't learn from the past, we are doomed to repeat it. This has been the Sean Pittman Show, and we'll see you in seven.